Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone. Give us a call right now. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. We're here to help you with your do-it-yourself dilemmas, your home improvement projects. We've got the advice, the tips to help you get them done once, get them done right, and then maybe you can take the rest of the weekend off. Not us. <laughs> We're here, though, to help you through it. The number, again, is 1-888-MONEYPIT. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk dorm room decor. We're going to give you some tips to make small spaces work for your college-bound teen and deliver big on storage and style at the same time. And for those kitties staying home, we've got a great tip on homework organizers that will leave no room for excuses like, you know, the dog ate my homework. That's just not going to fly when you get to these projects. And don't let a summer storm leave you in the dark. We're going to have some great tips on choosing a backup generator when we welcome our pal Kevin O'Connor, host of This Old House, in just a bit. And to help you with your next painting project, we're giving away a $50 prize pack of earth plastic paint cups and roller trays to one lucky caller who reaches out to us this hour at one money pit Now, these are 100% biodegradable, and they are completely made up of recycled plastic. A great way to go green with your next decorating project. So call us right now. The number is one money pit 888-666-3974. Let's get right to those phones. Leslie, who's first? Mark in North Carolina is looking to go green with the energy that they use at their house. What can we do for you today? Well, I am actually uh, a rather ingenious, inventive type of person. Okay. I'm trying, <laughs> trying not to blow myself up in the if process I don't say of doing so myself. this. But, um, I'm trying to create a proof of concept, and mm-hmm. part of my proof of concept is going to require that I backfeed the system uh, with uh, electricity. Mm-hmm. In order to backfeed the system, I know that I have to run my electricity back into the main panel where my mm-hmm. power meter goes so that I can, in essence, make my power meter run backwards. Right. Now, my calculated output is going to be approximately 11 to 12 megawatts a month, okay. which is about 10 megawatts more than I use. Okay. So the question I have is, what product or uh, what company would I look at on the web that could help direct me to the correct equipment to do that with? Oh, good question. Um, I'll tell you a good place to start is North Carolina has a state energy office that, uh, have you talked with these folks yet? No. Because they're totally set up to deal with sustainable energy questions, and you might want to start there. That website is energync.net. That's energync.net. The equipment that you're talking about is, you know, fairly commonplace, used uh, for zero energy homes, used for homes that have wind generators and things like that. And you're correct. It essentially safely feeds the power back into the grid. It's sort of like a transfer switch that you might use with a backup generator, but designed just a little bit differently. Okay. Uh, is there any particular, other than just the uh, state energy office, any, any other um, advice that you would have for that, other than to make sure you adhere to uh, meet or exceed codes? <laughs> well, tell me about this proof of concept idea. You're trying to convince a spouse or, or other significant person that this is a good idea? Oh, no. My wife is all about doing anything <laughs> I want to do. She supports. All right. Well, it sounds like a great project. Good luck with it. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. 
And you know what, Mark? You're actually really lucky to live in the state of North Carolina because your North Carolina State University actually has a solar center on campus. They do a lot of research there. Just Google North Carolina Solar Center because the website's kind of confusing and I don't want you to write it down wrong. And once you're there, you'll find a lot of information. So good luck with your project and get off the grid already. What are you waiting on? 888-666-3974. Call us right now with your home improvement question. Leslie, who's next? All right, now we're going to chat with Cindy in Alaska, who's got a problem with a deck. Tell us about it. Well, I have an outside deck that was built with untreated two-by-fours. And when they sprayed my house, excuse me, they sprayed the the deck, too. And I've never been able to get paint to stick to it. Hmm. What did they spray your house with? An exterior latex. Hmm. And that's the last paint that you ever got to stick to the deck, huh? That's it. Yeah. Well, um, when you get to the point where you can't get any more coats of paint on any type of wood surface or, or even a wall surface, then you have to remove what's there. Now, have you ever tried to do any level of removal of the existing paint? I've used a pressure paint? washer, and it, it actually chips up fairly easy, and e- I can even you know, chip up and, and pick at big right. strips mm-hmm. will come off. Have you, if you've been able to get the paint off, then you need to let the lumber dry really, really, really well. And after it dries, then you should prime it. And I would use an oil-based primer because primer is essentially the glue that makes the paint stick. It has different adhesive qualities than paint. So I would definitely try a good quality primer and then a good quality top coat over that. Had you not painted it, we would have told you to solid stain it because the solid stain tends to absorb in and just fade away. And then when it gets light enough, you just put more stain on. But now that you've painted, you're pretty much committed. You've got to get off as much loose paint as you can. You've got to prime the surface with an oil-based primer. And you've got to make sure that the wood is absolutely super dry or it's not going to stick again. Yeah, and in Alaska, that's a tough trick. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You gotta have, you gotta, it's like a perfect storm. You've got to wait just for the right time for the weather to be warm and dry enough. But you just can't paint wet wood. It's just not going to work. It'll Cindy, never thanks stick. so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Pick up the phone and give us a call while you're enjoying your fantastic Labor Day weekend. We can help you with those last-minute projects 24 hours a day, seven days a week at one eight 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 Money Pit. 888-666-3974. Up next, we talk dorm room decor. We're going to have tips to get your teen small space working double duty, both with storage and style. 888 Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And you can be part of the Money Pit by picking up the phone and giving us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT right now. And you could also win a pretty great prize. We're giving away a $50 prize package from American Trade Products. Now, it's a 100% biodegradable and recyclable paint trays and accessories. And they're made with breakthrough materials called earth plastic, which is made from completely recycled water. Water bottles, So you don't have to feel guilty about drinking your bottled water because somebody's going to use it for a paint tray tomorrow. Now, one lucky caller that we talked to on the air is going to win this great prize. So pick up the phone and give us a call at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Well, if you've got a teen heading for college, decorating that dorm room is an important step. It's usually pretty small and it's got very <laughs> utilitarian furniture. That's putting it nicely. Seriously. 
So you want to get creative when you're decking out your kid's dorm room. Here's some ideas. You can get stylish by choosing furniture pieces that look great and double as storage. Things like ottomans that open up, vertical storage bins, and colorful stackable bin pieces. I mean, the container store is your best friend mm -hmm. when you're decorating a dorm room. You want to use walls to their fullest potential. So simple shelving or even cubes that you can customize or paint or wallpaper can add some instant interest while providing storage at the same time. So get creative and make that space very personal and help them feel more at home while they're away at school and concentrating on that school. You know what I always did? You know those, I mean, they're those horrible metal blinds that they give you in those dorm rooms. And mm -hmm. when you close them, it just feels like you're looking at this metal wall instead of whatever view is outside. So I always took either like a really pretty sheet or a great solid color sheet or a tapestry and I would get binder clips and I would clip it along that top edge of my um, blind and then tuck it in the bottom so when it was right. down all I would see was the sheet or the tapestry and when I drew the blinds and opened them up it would make this sort of fun Roman shade. Oh, Just a little fun cool. thing. Hey, what about uh, Blick wall decals? They would be a good option as well because they're removable. They're not they going to damage are. the walls. You do have to make sure, though, when you go to their website, which is whatisblick.com, and Blick is B-L-I-K, look at the removable ones, repositionable, because they're not all repositionable, and you don't want to get in trouble from the school. Well, if you want more ideas to help deck out your kid's dorm room, head on over to our website at moneypit.com. 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Vincent in New York is dealing with a gutter issue. Basically, they are overflowing. What's going on? Yeah, hi, guys. Enjoy your show very much. Thank Thanks you, Vincent. Thanks so much. Yeah, we have a 100-year-old home. It's a two-family home, and it's detached. It's a brick home, and it has an attic. Uh, when it rains, it, the, the gutter, the type of gutter we have is built in. It's, it's a galvanized gutter. It's built into the overhang. Right. And throughout the years, it's been it's been tarred and and uh, it's very shallow. And what happens when the heavy rain comes? It it doesn't leak, but it overflows. Right. It's, mm -hmm. it's not a, now, uh, Tom, is there anything? Uh, uh, we just had a new roof put on, and the roof is there's not much you could do. They fill it up, they tar it, and it's getting shallower and shallower. Yeah. Is there any? Is any solution... Yeah, the solution is to abandon the built-in gutter, and the way this is done is essentially you have to roof over it. You can't just put roofing material over it. What the roofer will do is they'll put a piece of plywood from the edge of the roof uh, over the gutter and then slightly up the incline. So you kind of create a two-plane roof line where it comes down at a sharper angle and it goes out at a flatter angle. So now we've eliminated the whole gutter system completely because you're right, it doesn't hold a lot of water. So now we have to deal with another type of gutter system. And what we would do is put a seamless gutter on the outside of the fascia hanging off the roof edge and make sure we have enough downspouts to carry the water flow. Oh, that's a great idea. And that's the way you handle it. What a great idea that is. Thank you guys again. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Kim in Colorado is having a hard time with her basement floor. Tell us about the problem. Okay, I moved into my house about four years ago. It's a new build, and the control joints in my basement and in my garage are starting to rise up. Okay. And I didn't know if I've been told that basement floors it's normal for them to be uneven, but it just seems rather odd to me. So I'm not really sure if is it normal, and if not, what is there? What can I do to get it fixed? Do you see any cracking or anything of that nature, or is it really just the the joint that's rising up? There is some cracking, uh, mm -hmm. not a whole lot. It's it's more so the joint. Is it at the point where it's a tripping hazard? 
not a tripping hazard, but it's noticeable yeah. now that we've laid carpet over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can definitely see it. Yeah. Um, is it the filler between the joints, or is it the concrete itself? I think it's the concrete itself. The slabs yeah. seem to be rising up right where the control joints are. Hmm. Well, you could be getting some movement in the slab. It's not terribly unusual. Those slabs are really not um, set on the footings. They're really just set on the dirt. So if the area around the house gets saturated, if the, the soil is damp, you could get some movement. And you're going to get some settlement. How old is this, is this basement area? How old is this house? It's four years old. Yeah, then that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, I think that this is probably normal settlement. And I don't think it's indicative of a major structural problem, Kim. Oh, wonderful. Well, that's good news. Thank you. You're very welcome. Keep an eye on it. If you see anything that looks a little more dramatic, then the next thing I would do is I would contact a professional home inspector and have them take a look at it. I wouldn't go to a contractor because they're just going to try to sell you a new floor. Okay. Now, do you know in a new build, is this something that's under warranty with a, with a new con- or uh, with good, a contractor? Good question. Good question, because, uh, because new builds in many states have 10-year structural warranties. But unfortunately, the basement floor is not part of the structure because it's oh, not load-bearing. So I doubt it would be covered by a warranty. And, and don't get too worked up about it because, frankly, those warranties – the builders tend to wrap them around you like they're warm blankets. I always say they're wet blankets because they got a lot of holes in them. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for your information. I do You're appreciate You're welcome, it. Kim. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You know, Leslie, years ago I was an arbitrator for mm-hmm. those home warranty programs. And to determine if something was covered or not. That's right. And, you know, we would see walls that were uh, almost an inch out of plumb and that wasn't covered. We'd see gaps that were a quarter inch in molding and that wasn't covered. And the worst thing is I saw a broken concrete slab in a kitchen floor. And, and this was a pretty serious structural defect. I mean, it really broke right in half. And the warranty company said it wasn't covered because it didn't render the house, quote-unquote, unlivable. So their standards for whether it's covered are really weighted towards the builder and not so much towards the consumer. Mm-hmm. Well, as most things usually are. <laughs> <laughs> Time to help Grace in Michigan fix up a floor painting project. What can we do for you? Um, I, was, I live in a 108-year-old um, house, and the linoleum in my room is really old, and I was wondering if you would be able to paint it with um, wall paint? No, because it's not really, first, two things. First of all, linoleum doesn't really take any type of paint very well, and wall paint, of course, you'd never really be able to use. It would just wear right off. You're better off going out and perhaps picking up some uh, some vinyl remnants that you could buy at a home center or a flooring store. These are the cutoff pieces, sort of the end of the roll, and putting down some new flooring. Okay. That's probably the least expensive way to go. You know what else you could do, Grace? You could head to the Home Improvement Center and buy some canvas drop cloths, the ones that have um, you know, a nice plastic backing or a rubber backing, and you can finish the edges just by using some carpet tape to give it a nice smooth edge. Then you can prime that whole piece of canvas and paint it to look like a rug. This way you have like a fun area rug. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Bill in Alaska is having some water heating issues. What can we do for you today? Well, good evening. And, uh, yes, I'm uh, wanting to replace a 20-plus uh, year hot water or hydronic uh, boiler heating system. Okay. And I'm looking at the uh, the latest models that are out nowadays, uh, some very efficient, up to 93% efficiency. 
and uh, and some others uh, like in the eighty some percent range. And just wondering what your recommendation is. Well, right now is a perfect time to replace your heating system because that replacement could qualify for a federal energy tax credit. They're available for both gas and oil boilers as mm-hmm. long as you put in a high-efficiency unit. But you can get up to $1,500 uh, off of your tax liability by installing one that qualifies. The key is to make sure it qualifies. So um, this is an exercise, actually, that we just did for Leslie's mom. You, you guys, they needed a new boiler. Mm-hmm. And uh, we took the products that were recommended by the contractors, went to the manufacturer's website, and determined that some of the ones that they recommended actually did not qualify for the tax credits. Yeah, and you and, definitely want to make sure that it does. Right. So I would, you know, get some recommendations on brands, uh, and then I would go to their website and make sure you know which models qualify for the federal energy tax credits because the manufacturers uh, keep a pretty tight ship on that kind of stuff. The contractors, not so much. Right, right. Yeah, and I'm looking at both, and I'm I'm uh, got kind of mixed feelings about the high efficiency. Uh, some of the plumbers are telling me that uh, they're not too trustworthy in in terms of um, uh, the components in them. The power surges and so forth uh, might cause the circuit boards to go out. So I'm I'm kind of looking at going to the original style cast iron boiler, but the new upgraded model. And uh, even though I may not get that uh, rebate, I got to tell you uh, something. The contractors get stuck in the mud. They like to install what they like to install. They don't like change. They don't take change very well. <laughs> they don't like to deal with any of the newfangled, high-tech heating and cooling systems. But this is where the market is going. These manufacturers are not manufacturing boilers that are so delicate they're going to blow up the first time you get a power surge. Right, right. So I would recommend that you use a high-efficiency boiler and you make sure it qualifies for the federal energy tax credit and find a contractor that is confident enough in himself to be able to install that properly. Okay, well, we'll go from there then. And Good I luck with that project. Much. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 money pit And let the contractor hate mail begin. <laughs> it's true, they get stuck. Well, summer storms can quickly leave you in the dark. Learn what you need to know about backup generators and never lose power again. We'll get those tips when Kevin O'Connor, host of This Old House, joins us after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Install a new energy-efficient Thermatrue door today and qualify for up to a $1,500 tax credit. To learn more, visit thermatrue.com slash tax credit. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Here to stop do-it-yourselfers from becoming do-it-to-yourselfers. So pick up the phone and give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Let's get right back to those phones. Leslie, who's next? Now we're going to chat with Bruce in California about a metal roof. Welcome. Well, uh, with the fire danger out here, they, they want metal roofs on all our buildings. And I've got a 40-year-old uh, cedar shake roof on an A-frame. And uh, purchasing a metal roof, I'd like to do it myself. Uh, and the contractors uh, will supply the metal roof, but there aren't many locations that actually sell uh, metal roofing for a homeowner. Mm-hmm. Well, that's and there's a good reason for that, because it does take uh, a fair amount of skill to properly install 
a metal roof. It's not exactly a do-it-yourself project. I mean, there are some sheet metal roofing products that you can use on sheds and uh, you know things like that. But to, to roof your entire house is really not a DIY job. There is a good website that is run by an industry association called the Metal Roofing Alliance. It's simple, met, simply metalroofing.com. Metalroofing.com. Yeah, metalroofing.com. they got a great site there, lots of information, lots of experts, help you find a contractor, learn about all the different types of metal roofing. Uh, and they've got information about the tax credits. There's a $1,500 tax credit that's available uh, if you install metal roofing before the end of 2010 uh, because metal roofing actually is a fairly energy-efficient thing to do be- because there's a coating on the metal roof that actually reflects the heat of the sun back out. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Metal Roofing 101 section on that website. Really, you should check it out. I think it's a good place to start your education. Oh, thank you so much. Well, backup generators are a great addition to any home. Having one means you'll never be left in the dark when the power goes out. Up next is a guy who knows a lot about backup generators. You've actually installed some on his television show, This Old House, Kevin O'Connor. Thanks for stopping by the program. It's my pleasure to be here, Tom. And you're right, they are great devices to have. You know, they're especially useful in areas that are prone to outages or if you've got important equipment that can never be without power. You're probably going to install a permanent in your backyard, and it's most likely going to run off of propane or natural gas. They're typically going to have an automatic transfer switch, and that means that it's going to sense when the power goes out, it's going to automatically turn on the generator, and then it will power the house. Now, backup generators can come in any size. Is bigger always better? Well, you know, you could get one that could power the entire house, but most likely the generator is going to be sized to provide power only to certain critical circuits, lights, and appliances. And if you want more information about backup generators, there are several videos on thisoldhouse.com. Kevin O'Connor from This Old House, thanks for stopping by the Money Pit. Always good to be here, Tom. You know, and Tom, you actually have a Generac backup generator at home and at the studio, and seeing how many times your Generac has saved us, I am absolutely ready to buy one for my home, too, and we have had a lot of blackouts this summer it where I live. It is totally a good idea. I mean, it's really crazy, and if you think this is something you might like for your own home, guys, you know, we encourage you to take a look at the videos on thisoldhouse.com, and they'll walk you through the entire generator shopping process. And This Old House is proudly sponsored by GMC. GMC, we are professional grade. Well, a blackout might be a good excuse for those kids who didn't finish their homework, but Leslie has got a great idea for a homework organizer that will get rid of any excuses your kids can come up with. We promise we'll have that next. You live in a body pit. This portion of the Money Pit is brought to you by Bear Premium Two-Part Epoxy Garage Floor Coating. Transform drab gray concrete garage floors into attractive and functional spaces with a showroom quality finish. For more information, visit bear.com. That's B-E-H-R.com. Bear products are available exclusively at the Home Depot. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You could win a $50 prize package from American Trade Products. It's a 100% biodegradable and recyclable paint tray and accessory set made with a breakthrough material called earth plastic. It's basically made from recycled water bottles. Pretty cool. And it'll help you do your next decorating project and go green at the same time. It's going to go to one caller whose name we draw at random at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 
Well, pick up the phone and give us a call, especially if you're thinking about doing a project with your kids to help everybody get back into that back-to-school routine, which, believe it or not, is right around the corner. And for some of you in the southern states, your kids have been back in school for weeks, and you might already be seeing organizational issues. So if you find that your little guys, and maybe not so little guys, are having a hard time remembering assignments and due dates, and it's just been a nightmare for you guys, here's a great idea that's going to help. Now, you might not find this at a big box store, but you can definitely find it at those smaller building material shops. It's a material called Tahomasote, and it's a compressed gray paperboard, and it makes for a terrific pushpin holding organizer. It's sold in four foot by eight foot sheets, and what you want to do is cut it. Have them cut it if they'll do it for you because it gets to be kind of messy, but if not, no worries. You can totally do it yourself, and you want to cut it into pieces. You can either go like a two by four board or go 12 by 12 square. Think about how you want to create this organizer for your wall. Do you want one or do you want a lot to sort of lay out a grid of maybe the week or all your classes? And then what you do is you cover these little pieces of homosote with fabric and you can staple right into the backside of each panel. And you can use the fabric right as it is or get some fun ribbon that coordinates with the fabric. And you can create a fun sort of decorative grid pattern over those panels to sort of give you a place to tuck assignments into or clip onto. And then when you want to hang it, you just get a picture hanger and you attach it right to the backside and then use a nail to hang it right up on the wall. And if you're going to go with a lot of them to create a grid of, say, you know, Monday through Friday and then you want to do math, English, science, you can then paint right on your wall sort of headings for each row and column. This way there is no questions asked. Everybody will know what assignments are due where. You can even use it for chores. So get organized. It's a great project to do together as a family and it actually looks great when you're done too. And in fact, I think you made uh, that very organizer for the Today Show once, didn't you? We did. I made it for the Today Show. We did it on an episode of Trading Spaces where I designed a homeschool classroom. And it worked out great. You know, I got to work on the project with um, the neighbor. It was a lovely project. And the kids actually used it. You know, we mm-hmm. hear back from the families time to time. And they said it's been very helpful. And Homosoda is actually made in New Jersey. It's one of our, one of our state exports. That is along it? With, yeah, that along with pork roll. <laughs> or Taylor Ham, as some makes a lot call. of sense. <laughs> 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. Let's get back to those phones. Who's next? Diane in Maryland's just not getting the proper pressure in her shower. What can we do for you today? Hi, I'm having trouble with the water pressure in, in my whole house, actually. Whole I have house? low water pressure upstairs and really high water pressure downstairs. Is there anything I could do about it? Low water pressure upstairs and high water pressure downstairs usually means that your main water line into the house is not delivering enough water. And the fixtures that are the farthest away from the main water line have the least flow. Gotcha. So that's not unusual. How old is your house? It's about 40 years old. And what kind of pipes do you have coming into the house? Do you know? They're copper. They're copper. So... The copper is not going to restrict like a steel pipe would, but it might be a problem with the valve. So the, pr- okay. the pattern that you're describing is probably plumbing related in terms of a valve that's restricting water to the second floor. And what I would do is I would sort of dissect or have a plumber dissect the, the supply lines up to the second floor and figure out where the drop in pressure is. Okay. Now, the pressure on the second floor that's low, is that low through all the fixtures in this bathroom? Is it one bathroom, first of all? It's the bathroom in the kitchen upstairs. 
Okay, so, yeah, so, so all it's the just fixtures. one bathroom. And you say all the fixtures, so we're talking about both, what, a tub and shower and a sink? Yes. Any problems with the toilet? Yes. Hmm. All right, well, I would say to check the the uh, the cold water supply line up to that space because I suspect that it's restricted somewhere and that's why you're having this pressure problem. I doubt very seriously there's any uh, problem with the clogging of a pipe because as long as everything's copper, there's really nothing for you to clog. Okay, well, thank you for your information. I want to check into that. All right, Diane, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Kevin in Texas, you've got the Money Pit. What can we do for you today? Hi, um, I have a house for sale through a realtor, and I was wondering how long um, an appraisal would be valid for if I were to go ahead and just do that myself now here in Texas, the buyer usually has to pay for the appraisal. But as a seller, if I go ahead and do that, will it be good for 30 days or 90 days or, or how long? Well, I mean, I certainly would expect it to be good for, um, you know, three to six months. It really depends on the market. Now, the reason that you're doing this is just for your own edification so you can help price the home appropriately? Yes, I just want to make sure the realtor and I are... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's it's reasonable to expect it to be, and it's an estimate. It's an educated estimate based on home sales in your area. That's what an appraisal is, and I would expect it in most markets to to hold for three to six months. But you know, things can change quickly, and, and in which case, it may no longer be valid and, and have to be adjusted. And if that was a situation, um, I would speak with the appraiser about that did the original appraisal and say, "Hey, has anything changed dramatically? Maybe you can do some quick rechecking of the specs." Of of the comparable homes that it used to create the appraisal and make adjustments accordingly. Okay. You know, Kevin, there's a great website. It's the appraisalfoundation.org, and it's authorized by Congress, and it goes over all the guidelines and, you know, what makes an appraiser, what are the standards of appraisal, how long will it last for. It's a great, very user-friendly website that could probably point you in the right direction there as well. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Edna in New Jersey wants to talk about porches. What can we do to help you with? Uh, well, I need to have it repaired. I think it's called pointing or something like that. Uh-huh. And and then I also saw someone that had a metal one that they just bring in and put it in. But uh, I just don't know, like, underneath, if once they take the old one, I'd have to have that all cemented. Um, all right, which- so first of all, Edna, you have a porch that's made of brick? Yes. And, and it needs to be restored because some of the mortar's falling out of the brick joints? Correct. Well, I would do that. And, you know, brick is about, is about as durable a product as you can get. I certainly wouldn't tear it out just because it needs to be repointed. Repointing is normal maintenance for bricks. Uh-huh. And repointing refers to the process of taking the loose mortar out that's between the bricks, just the, you know, the outside edge of it, and then pushing some new mortar in there. And masons do this all the time. And it only has to be done once, and it, you know, it lasts a good 10 or 20 years. Oh, because it's actually lasted over 40 years, so, you know, well, now see, it's... So, it's so that Porsche doesn't owe you any money, does it, Edna? No, it doesn't. Well, how do you know when doing it yourself is out of the question? Uh, like when you nail in the last piece of wallboard and suddenly can't find the cat? Has that really happened? This is a clue. Well, if that's your situation, maybe that project is best left to the pros. We are going to answer those questions when we get back. You live in a money pit. Money pit. 
where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And do you need advice on a specific do-it-yourself project? I mean, you really have something in your mind right now. Well, if you go to moneypit.com, whatever you're working on, you can search by your home space, like kitchen or bathroom or bedroom, or by the project type that you're working on. I want to hang a shelf. How do I snake a drain? Whatever it is, painting, renovating, designing, you're going to get a list of everything that we have ever written or said about that subject right at your fingertips. And it is completely free and available right now at moneypit.com. So head on over. And while you're there, click on Ask Tom and Leslie and send us an email question. We've got one here from Bill in New Jersey who says... I used a shovel to mix cement and didn't clean it right away. Now it has a bumpy quarter-inch layer of cement mm. on it. How can I clean it off? Well, oh, it's a good shovel otherwise. Glad to hear that, <laughs> Bill. You should have thought about that when the cement was wet. There's a reason it's called cement. Seriously. it's not designed to come off. At this point, Bill, the only way you're going to get that off is by grinding it off. I might suggest you try uh, wire brushing first. And you may need to get a wire brush, the kind that it's like a wheel and goes in your drill. Mm. And really start to abrade it off. Make sure, absolutely sure, you wear not only goggles but a face mask because you can throw And long sleeves. Of, yeah, you'll throw pieces of this stuff around. Make sure nobody's around you when you do this. You'll probably be able to get it off. And then after you do that... I would get oil-based primer and oil-based enamel and repaint the end of that shovel because otherwise it's going to rust pretty darn quickly. Oh, true. All right, next up we've got one from Peggy in Missouri who writes, We have a cold air return that runs up the middle of our home. When it gets over 85 degrees outside, the condensation drips so badly that we pull the ceiling tiles and let it drip in buckets. Yikes. How can we fix this? I tried taping off all basement vents to make it warmer. No improvement. (laughs) I just purchased a heat pump air unit. No improvement. I tried adding insulation around it, but that became saturated. I was thinking of trying spray foam, but I'm concerned about what I can't see and the buildup of mold. Any suggestions? You're fighting building science here, Peggy. When you live in Missouri and you have very, very humid days Mm -hmm. with near 100% humidity, Air conditioners are just not made to be dehumidifiers. Everyone thinks they are because in most parts of the country when you have lower relative humidity, they do a decent job, but they're really not efficient at dehumidifying. And when you have that much humidity, you're going to get condensation. What you need and what I would strongly recommend is a product called a whole home dehumidifier. Now, this is not the portable dehumidifier that sits in your house and fills up with water and you have to dump all the time. This is actually installed into the HVAC system. It becomes part of the heating and air conditioning system. It runs 24-7 and it dehumidifies the air. It pulls out that moisture. In fact, it'll pull out about 11 gallons of water a day. April Air makes one. There are other manufacturers, but that's what will solve this problem once and for all. So forget all these other things you're trying. Get a whole home dehumidifier and you'll be good to go. All right. Next up, we have from Charles in Colorado who writes, how hard is it to replace faucets on our bathroom and kitchen sinks? We have zero do-it-yourself skills. Uh, I'd say put down the tools and step away from the project. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a plumbing project can go bad real quick. And normally it goes bad if you can't get the valve turned off that feeds the water supply to Mm -hmm. it. If you can get it off, then at least you can control the mayhem. 
Uh, it's not terribly difficult to replace a faucet, but you want to first make sure that you can turn the water off. Sometimes these valves get really old, very sticky, and very persnickety, and they just won't turn off. If yours will turn off, then you got a shot at it. And you know what, Charles? Head on over to this great website. It's faucetcoach.com. Once you're there, you'll see this huge icon, faucet installation. It will show you everything you need to know. Just make sure that water is off and give it a shot. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The show continues online at moneypit.com, where you'll find tips, advice, and the ability to listen to any past show. If you missed something we said, need a product recommendation, you got a question, you can always click on Ask Tom and Leslie. That's us. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Money Pit.